Hi, my name is Allison Jeffries, and I'm a life recreation coach, and I am so excited to share with Pearl today. Hey, everybody. Welcome again. This is Pearl Sorenza with Women Successful Living, and we are here with another Conversations with Pearl. And, you know, I love everything self-care, and so many times in our world of self-care, we go through different journeys in our life that that can affect our self-care. And we think, are we ever going to get through this new blip or new bump on the mountain as we climb up that mountain? And today we're going to talk about how to overcome some of that with our special guest. We have Allison Jeffries with us today. She's an author of the Amazon best-selling book, A Women's Guide to Surviving a Divorce and a Life Recreation Coach for Women. As a coach, Allison helps women who've gotten a little lost in the shuffle of life and find themselves again to recreating that life they've always wanted and deserved. Allison's earned a degree in psychology from the College of William and Mary. Woohoo! I know many people have gone there before embarking on a 30-year corporate career working for multiple Fortune 100 companies in the financial industry. Having left that corporate world in 2017, she published her book and launched Allison Jeffries Coaching in 2019. She has two grown sons and two grandsons. She is an avid horse lover and lo- lives, excuse me, on a 60 acre, 60 acre, you guys, horse ranch in Texas with the love of her life and their six horses. Allison, welcome to the show. It's so exciting to have you today. Thank you, Pearl. I'm really excited to talk today. Yay. So in Texas, 60 acre ranch. We talk about self-care here and the horses. And I know you said originally you had 12 horses you start you had there. So tell us, a lot of self-care can happen on a 60-acre ranch with horses, right? Absolutely. There's there's nothing more just freeing to be able to walk out that back door, see all the woods, see the open pastures, um, sit by one of the ponds and just watch the wind blow across the top of it. Um, I, my favorite pictures are always the ones with the ears of my horses in the front because I'm riding them through all of the beauty that we get to experience every day. And it's amazing. I love horses. I didn't grow up with horses, but my uncle, he had, had gosh, I think he had like 20 or 30 horses at one time himself in upstate New York. And he also did show show horses and he's judged the, the scene and he's just been a big advocate for the horse. And I just they're just such, there's such a beauty. Like you said, like I've ridden, I'm not an avid horse rider because where I've been at, where I've traveled, I've never had that. But anytime I can, I'm like, let's go horse bike riding. And so like you said, I love like looking through those two ears. There's such a beauty of being up high and seeing that beautiful scene that's in front of you, no matter where. We did it one time at the Grand Canyon. And so not, we didn't go down the canyon. We just did it off to the side. We we didn't go down a canyon. I wasn't going to do that. I wasn't that brave, but it was just so beautiful. And I remember just that beauty. And so when I was sharing that 60 acres, I just thought, wow, getting up in the morning. I know I love to get up and sit on my front porch swing. And in fact, just before Allison and I got on here, I had to have a um, something done to my alarm. And the and the gentleman that came to do it, he goes, I love your swing. I don't remember your swing the last time I'm here. I'm like, it's been here. And I told him, I go, anytime you want to come by, just sit on the swing and get some self-care. But I can just imagine the beauty of sitting on a swing or sitting there, look at the pond and such beauty that, you know, God's put in front of us. And I just love that. So I'm so glad you're with us today. So Allison, share a little bit about your journey with everybody. Share a little bit about, you know, walk us through how you came into this world of coaching and then also what 
brought you to the path that you wanted to become a coach? What's happened? Because usually I've met the coaches I've met, including myself, we've gone through something in our lives and we, and we realize, you know what? I'm not alone. I'm not the only one who didn't put myself first. There's more women or men that are like this. So walk us through that, that journey for you. Well, it's, you know, I graduated from college, went straight into the work world, moved to Texas, went straight into the work world, um, got married young the first time. And it was a two and a half year marriage, um, start a marriage. So it ended quickly. Moved on into life, met my second husband. He said everything that I wanted to hear. And so I married him. And 15 years later, that marriage ended disastrously. Um, you know, after the first marriage, I was dented. After the second, I was broken. And at the time, I was working for a division of, of a bank where we managed a women's financial education platform. And so our job was to go around the country and educate the male financial professionals, you know, how to work with women and to educate women why it was so important to get engaged in their finances and to be aware of what was going on and, and give them the tools and skills to do that. So as a speaker, I got to be out in front of people so much and hear their stories and, and hear what was going on. And I started noticing those common threads in between how men perceive the world and how women perceive the world. Not better or worse, just different. And so the more I researched to develop the presentations for that program, the more I learned about those differences between men and women. And at first I thought, wow, this is a great job. I'm going to learn more about men. And what I found out after having been raised by a six foot five military officer and two older brothers, having had two husbands, raising two boys, I know a lot more about being a guy than I did about being a woman. And so it was eye opening when I started realizing all those little quirky things that, wait a minute, I'm, I am normal. So, you know, one of my favorites is, you know, why is it we can go around all day long at work making all these big decisions and business decisions and multi-million dollar decisions without blinking? And yet we come home and someone asks us what's for dinner and we melt down, just totally melt down over just what to cook for dinner. And that is just so common among working women, that juxtaposition of how we relate to our lives at work, which is from a male perspective, because the work world is male, and at home from that female from the heart perspective, where everything is important and we're always trying to get to the perfect decision. So during that time, I was traveling and you can't work on your computer on a plane when you work for a bank. So I got myself an iPad and I was just journaling, just journaling my experiences going through this divorce. And as I would start writing, the women on the airplanes would lean over and ask me what I was doing. And before I knew it, I, I had women that I never even knew their names, giving me advice, sharing their stories, opening their hearts up to me with everything that they had experienced. So this was in the early 2000s. And, and my way of dealing with things is to write. And I had been raised to believe that, you know, my parents were married when they were 22, met when they were 14, married 56 years that that was my future. And I still wanted that future. But I knew I was the common denominator in the first two marriages that I needed to do something differently. So in the journaling, um, I ended up writing my book. I wrote all but the last three chapters, put it away for 10 years. Because I wanted I wanted a good ending. I wanted an uplifting ending. And I had to live it first. So I went about living my life. 
I finally felt like I was in a place where I was ready to write those last three chapters. And I did. And there are laugh, live, and love. And a month later, I met the love of my life. And so my book is a validation of the common experience that women have when going through that traumatic experience of divorce. And it's designed just to let them know they're not alone and they're not the only one. And to give them some hopefully helpful tips and hints and things like that, um, which it does. So fast forward, you know, to the opportunity to quit working in 2017, trying to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I said, I want to be a public speaker and I want to motivate women. I want to help women. Since that's what I did in my career, I was very comfortable speaking in front of a lot of people. I said, this is what I'm going to do. So I, I edited the book, published the book, got all that done in 2019 and started marketing the books to go out as a public speaker. And guess what happened in 2020? COVID. Everything shut down. So by that point, I, I had developed a really cool network of other women out there supporting women. And they kept saying, you need to be a coach. You need to be a coach. And one day I was on the phone with a woman who was struggling and she was like, gosh, you're so good at this. What do you do? And I'm like, well, I'm a coach. And so from there, my coaching practice just started. Women that I worked with, um, referring me to other women, women that I met online, needing the assistance. And my practice is very interesting because half of my clients aren't even born in the United States. Many of them are from other countries, Russia, India, South Africa, Nigeria, very different cultural backgrounds, very different political backgrounds, um, very different um, familial backgrounds. Uh, some of my marriages, uh, my clients have actually had arranged marriages. And but the common denominator is still the same. All those stories, all of those things are still common. And so from that, um, you know, really love helping these women, whether it's get them through the divorce or uh, I've had clients five years after, just help them get up off the couch and start living their lives again. And for me, it's about helping them feel okay with being a woman, about helping them understand their experience and rebuild from there. Wow. What, what a journey that you have walked through. And I, you know, I was listening to you talk about the boys. So I have two boys. My oldest is forever 25, Matthew, and my youngest is 23, Nate. And then I've been married to my husband for almost four. We've been together almost 40 years. And I grew up the oldest in my house. I, we have, I have a sister and a brother in that order, but I was like, because my dad was away at the service. I was kind of like that homemaker with my mom. My mom worked out of the house. So I helped watch my brothers and sisters. I helped do laundry, helped do all those things. And, and so as you were saying about like being in that all male world, as I met my husband young at 19. So I was like, going, God, I, I get that, that whole being that, that male perspective. I was like, wow, yeah, I, 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 I've lived that, you know? And to the point that one year we had a, a girl that was an exchange student from another country through a rotary that I was with. And her and she was a female, and I struggled connecting with her. And I'm like, no matter what I could do, we couldn't connect. Part of it was like she didn't really want to be with us because she didn't want to be here. But it was as you share that, I was like, I get that, yeah. And then also, like you're right, like women, you know, we we do so great at our jobs, or we're outside, and then we come home, and like you said, something as simple as what are we having for dinner just like knocks us off our feet, you know. And and that's why I. I give this credit to my sister-in-law, Melissa, all the time. 
I penned the phrase with her guidance of CEO mom. So I, you know, I don't know any mom that the old stay at home mom that I'll call it that stays home in four walls and eats bonbons all day long. Right. And I don't know any working mom that goes to work all day and comes home and eats bonbons when she gets in the door. Right. Like we're as women, we try to balance so much on our shoulders that we don't give ourselves grace to be like, no, I'm not the only one in this household. You know, that my husband, I, I've been very blessed because he does, he'll do laundry. Like we tag team, he puts it in, I pull it out. We do, he does the dishes in, I take them out, whatever it happens. Like we do that really together. And our kids got to see that as well, our boys, but not everybody has that. And like you said, they come home and they melt over dinner, you know, and that communication. And that's, that's actually one of the reasons why why I love um, we have a community of women called the Shira League, and we talk about these things about how to be that strong, happy, empowered, radiant, original woman that we are inside, but we push her in because we think we have to live up to these expectations. And and I love that you shared too that you know your two divorces you went through and what that taught you. But what really what really caught me was like you said. You wrote the first few chapters and then you set it down because you knew you needed to go and find that happiness. You knew you weren't done with the book yet. You knew there was more to be done. And oftentimes, I feel like in life, we want to rush our story. We want to hurry up and go to that next relationship. We want to hurry up and go do that next thing. And we don't stop and say, as many times our listeners have heard me say it, we don't stop and say, this is a climb on the mountain. It's going to be a little rough. There's going to be some big rocks I got to walk around. I might have to sit on the rock for a little bit. So let me enjoy it as I do this journey so that I can enjoy the reward that's about to come my way and I can recognize it. And like with you, Allison, like write it, finish writing your chapter your, on, in your book about the, what your journey has been like. And I just love that, that you share that and that you said, I stopped writing the book because it wasn't time to finish, you know? And I think, Allison, what, I know you're a coach as well. So in our life and our journeys, when you work with your clients, like sometimes it's hard for us. Like we want it now, right? Allison, tell me how to do it now. Give it to me now. Right. And sometimes as a coach, it's hard for somebody. And even me, who's been coached, you know, coaches have coaches as well. It's like, no, you don't understand. Like, I want to do it right this minute. And we have to stop and go, wait, no, this is this is why. So walk us through some of that that you encounter with your clients, like as they come to you and they're struggling with, why can't I do it all right now? How do you help them see, like what you did, help them see that there's chapters that still to have to be written. So let's slow down and get to those chapters. How do you help them see that? Well, I, I start and, and it, by explaining to them that the program is is a three-part program. It's where do you come from? What happened to get you where you are? Where are you today? And where do you want to go? And how do we get you there? So you have to go through the whole process. You've got to clean up. And, and what I like to say is, you know, own what's yours to own and let go of the rest. Then you have to figure out who you are today, because one of the things, and I'll share this because you alluded to it and what you talked about, you know, when we get married, we want to be the best wife we can be as women, right? 
but what role model have we ever been given in life to use? So here we are, these vibrant young women with all this passion and purpose and chutzpah, and now we're getting married and we're looking for that role model to be the perfect wife. And the only one we've really ever been taught is that of being a good girl. And so what is a good girl? A good girl, you know, she gets along well with others. She's friendly. She's well-behaved. She's affectionate without being needy, obedient, doesn't talk excessively, right? That's what we were raised as a good girl to be. And that's what we take into our marriage. Well, here's the problem. You know where I found that definition, that description? I Googled qualities of a good dog. Wow. Qualities of, of a good dog. Wow. Yeah. That's powerful. It did say doesn't. It did say doesn't bark excessively, but I changed it to talk. But that's that's basically what that good girl model is. And when we go into a marriage and they met us and fell in love with us with all our strength and our passion and all of that going on. And the first thing we do is just put ourselves in this good girl box. And we wonder why relationships don't work. And, you know, the most important thing that I tell my clients is that all of this is out there waiting for you, everything you want. But first, you have to be yourself. You have to uncover yourself, get back to that girl that, you know, was on her first date and said, nope, I don't cook. Just deal with it. You know, if you want me, I don't cook. Who ended up in a marriage that she, it was all controlled through cooking, controlled through feeding her family. And I was like, how did that happen? Right. So we all do it in different ways. And it's about helping women now realize it's not about being a good girl anymore. It's about being a good woman. You know, knowing who you are and what you want and being able to voice it. Being strong enough to support others, but yet strong enough to know that if you need help, it's okay to ask. And when you ask, if you ask of your spouse, you should, you know, be reciprocated. So it's it's about being that good woman and helping them find that good woman within themselves. And then experiencing life from a different vantage point. I, I love that you that how you put and I mean, come on, a good dog. I mean, I get it. Yeah, you're right. Because you're right, we don't have like our for me, it was my mom and my granny. Those were the two examples I had. And my granny did everything for everybody. She did the cooking, she did everything, cleaning the the whole nine yards. We'd show up and be like, hey granny, you know, everything was always done. Um and then with my mom, because my dad was away at the war, she was working outside. You know, she was doing everything again. And no, that's all I knew is I'm supposed to do everything, do everything, do everything. Right. And I'm not a good cook. Which my husband knows. So it's like, I'm not a good cook. We, he learned that really fast. It's like, OK, we need to do this together. But you're right. We don't have those those mentors to show us that, you know, we don't, it's no longer back in the day when we did, ev had to do everything. We're, that we don't, we're, we don't live in the world that everybody can be that CEO mom at home all the time. And so finding out who you are inside is so important because that's who you want to show up with in your relationships. And if you feel like you can't come and be that person, then you need to reevaluate the, the situation, the relationship, your, the relationship with yourself as well. Because that, that was sort of my journey as well, Allison, is that 
you know, we lived in Virginia and we, we were, we moved here to Florida 17 years ago. And when I was in Virginia, I mean, my husband is awesome. He's like, whatever you want to go for, go for it. I'll support you. You know, so I worked at a mortgage company. I was a top five in the mortgage companies and loan officers, a number one female. I worked many hours. I worked inside a real estate office. So I was with agents all the time who, you know, they're, it's very demanding world. If they want something, they want it now. You know, I grew to the point that I did have an assistant finally, but my husband was like sometimes picking the kids up and doing dinner and all that. So I was very supportive. So when he had the opportunity to come to Florida, I was like, yes, you know, he always knew I want, I, in my head, I thought I want to be a stay at home mom. And so I was like, yeah, let's do it. You know, it sounds great. I'll be able to do this and do that. So when we came here, I joined PTA. I was very involved in my kid's school. And I would say probably four, four, maybe five years at the most that lasted for me. I was like, what am I doing? I'm not happy. I don't want this drama. I mean, I, you know, I went to school where in Florida and West Palm where I went to school at some actors, children, and it was lots of drama. And if you weren't in a clicky click, then you were nobody kind of thing. And I'm like, I don't want to live that as an adult. So I went on a journey to figure out who I was. I actually took a six-week identity and destiny class, Allison. At the end of six weeks, I still didn't know who the heck I was. I was still saying I was a mom and a wife, right? And so finally, I was like, my friend called me out on it. And I was like, I got to figure this out. I need to figure out who Pearl is. And I literally started my journey of like, what do I want? What are my goals? What are my visions? And my husband and I would talk and, you know, and I grew my coaching business too, because like I said, I realized as I went on that journey to find my inner pearl, as I like to call it, I wasn't by myself. As you just shared, there's many women who, you know, we walk into this, we don't have that mentor. We don't have that guidance. There's no book on it for sure. There's no, this, do this, don't do that kind of book. You know, there's books on everything, but there's not a book written about how to find out who you are. And I love Allison at the first thing you start with. And for me, that was really where I, I on my own said, I got to deal with my stuff. I mean, I met my husband at 19. So I got to deal with stuff that I grew up with. I got to deal with stuff of how I was treated as a, you know, as a young child and, and things that happened in my life. Then I need to figure out, okay, who, do, who am I after I break down that onion and peel that onion? And when I figured it out and I was like, I knew I wasn't alone. I know that I'm strong and I know that I'm really happy in my life right now. And that's where Shiro was born from, because I know that I can be empowered and I'm empowered by who I am. And I love, Allison, that you help women, that you help your clients walk through that journey of finding them. And, um, and so my question is, as they find that journey, so you've, you know, you've been through two divorces, right? And, I, and this is, I've seen this happen with me. I've had clients that go, I'm no longer happy in this relationship. I realize I found myself. And I realized I'm not happy in this relationship. And I've had some women I've, that I've coached that have gone through divorce or left relationships they were in. How, how do you guide them? And like when they come to you, what are some of the things you help them in that path that if divorce is that path with your experience? What are some of the things that you help them with? Or what advice would you give somebody that is struggling in a, a situation, a relationship that they know? I'm not, I, I'm listening to Pearl and Allison and I realize. I'm not happy with who I'm with. I'm happy with me, but if I don't change something with who I'm with, I need to do something. What advice would you give them if they're struggling with that right now? Well, and the first thing is to quit worrying about the other person. We can't control them. Can't do it. Worry about yourself. 
And and the work that I, I put out in the book to find yourself as you're going through this divorce and after the divorce is really the same work. It's the same path to finding yourself as you are in your marriage. And I'm, I'm not advocating divorce. It's tough. It stinks. It's hard on everybody. If you can do the work on yourself, there's that chance that as you find yourself and as you bloom, your spouse is going to come right along for that journey because they're going to like it. They're going to like you. They're going to enjoy having you back, the woman they met in the first place. But if they don't and things still aren't there, then, you know, I when I get a woman and, and they're like, well, OK, I'm ready to follow. And I'm like, no, you're not. Let's stop. Let's think about this. You know, let's go through everything. And and I, I make a woman be able to absolutely articulate that she would, you know, I, I know the phrase for me was, I'd rather spend the rest of my life alone than one more day with this man. And when I was there, because I was tired of being alone with him in the room. And I said, okay, it's time to file for divorce. So I, I help the women be at that place. Where if they're going to take the step, it's a path. It's a. It's not a step of no return, but pretty much for most of us, it will be that step of no place of no return once you cross that hurdle. So it's about helping them find inside themselves: is there some well within themselves they've not tapped yet? Is there something that you know they're not honoring themselves and therefore not getting the respect they deserve in their relationship? And once all that's exhausted. Then, I mean, it's a logistical and an emotional process. There's all the logistics of finding the attorney, and that can be one of the worst experiences. And I think after divorce, you know, we have a certain, our own special kind of PTSD, because not only have we been beat up by the bad marriage, the divorce process, and dealing with attorneys, because you're suing someone. That's it. They're not there to hold your hand and be, you know, make you feel better. They're there to get the job done the legal job done. So it is a very stressful process. Um, but to me, it's as much a, a necessary thing to do the emotional work. Because you, if you have to go to mediation to find out what you're asking for, how do you know what to ask for? How do you know what really makes sense for you? You know, how do you know joint custody versus, you know, standard custody versus what's going to happen with the kids? All of these are emotional. And, and I tell my clients, if, if there were, if I could tell you there were only two emotions that human beings have, love and fear. Ask yourself this, are you acting out of fear or are you acting out of love? Because 99% of the time as they go through this divorce process, they are acting out of fear. And when I can get them to start acting, realize what it would look like if they were acting out of love. Releasing this other person from a bad relationship too. They're in as bad a relationship as you're in. So if you can release them to go and live their lives rather than want revenge or whatever, sometimes that can make the whole process better for the whole family. I love that. That's a great example. It's like the fear or love. Because I feel I feel like too, like, you know, so oftentimes like with relationships breaking up and things that marriages and stuff like that, especially if there's children involved. There's so much of both in there. And if you can come from a place of love, I, I think it's like you shared, it can be such a different process than that place of fear, you know, because it's, 
it, it's like you say, especially there's children involved. It's just so much better overall. And, and also like figuring out what your emotions are too. Like before you go into, like you said, a mediation or something along those lines, because we have to make sure that we've tapped into the emotions. We know what it is we need, right? If we don't know who we are inside, we don't really know what it is we need. And, you know, I have a, I interviewed somebody and she's like, I got divorced and I decided I didn't want the house. I didn't want the responsibility of that kind of like a mortgage and things like that. And I'm like that. And and she was sharing that that came from the emotion of understanding what her needs were. Like really, like you said, deep dive and understanding what her needs were. And, and so for listeners, that's, that's really great advice that Allison has shared. Remember if you're coming from fear or love, because there are two different emotions and if you're not sure, that's when you want to talk to somebody. That's where you need a coach. That's where you need some guidance in, in that process. So Allison, I want to know now, so two divorces and now you're married to love your life. Tell us a little bit about that relationship and how that helped, how that process helped finish up those chapters in your book. Well, actually, I finished the book first and then I met him because I needed to finish the work on me first. And, and so I think that was the last step, was putting it down on paper and saying, yes, this is what it is. And in Laugh, Live, and Love, it's literally about finding laughter again, finding happiness again, living your life again the way you want to live it. Because I tell all my clients, if you want the man of your dreams to find you, you all you need to do is be yourself and be in a place where he can find you doing something you enjoy. That's it. You know, this chasing men, this online dating, clicking, swiping, all this stuff. You know, if you get back to who we are as human beings, and I understand we're living in a very highly advanced technological age, you know, unlike anything even 100 years ago. But the reality is, while civilization may have changed and technology's changed, our wiring as human beings takes a little bit more than 100 or 200 years to happen. So if you get to the bottom of who we are as women, you know, we're wired to nature, to nurture and nourish. That's our wiring. And for men is to provide and protect, you know, think hunter gatherers and we've got it. And so, you know, the best way to end up with the love of your life is to let them find you. And my friends went crazy when I kept saying, no, 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 not looking. Don't need to, don't need to look. There's an amazing man out there and he's looking for me. And one day he's going to find me and I might let him catch me. And that is exactly what happened. Um, you know, and, and I always tell my clients, life will be going this way. And one day you'll come around a corner and boom, everything changes. You know, right place, right time. And, and you never know when or how. And that's the fun of it. You know, if you go through trying to manipulate it and make it happen. How do you know you're trying to make something happen that isn't right for you or isn't right for them? So you just let it happen organically. And, and uh, you know, the, the one most important piece of advice that I give them when they start dating, be yourself. Call me up. What do I do? Be yourself. No matter what it is, the answer is be yourself. If they don't like you the way you are on the first date, they're sure not going to like you six months in or a year in. And if you do change so that they do like you, you're not going to like you. And ultimately, you end up with that accommodation resentment cycle where you accommodate, accommodate, accommodate. Guess what? That builds up to resentment. And then when the resentment hits, it's tough. It's tough. 
And sometimes, you know, you can't get past the resentment and sometimes you can. But it's a process that we do to ourselves over and over again. And, you know, I I think I've got the best job in the world because when I'm done coaching a woman through finding herself and being ready to go out into the world, I've got a friend for life. And I always encourage them, call me. I want to hear the wins. I want to hear the good stuff. I want to hear about the great new boyfriend. I want to hear about the business accomplishments and all the goals that you set and all the achievements that you've made happen. And it's it's just very rewarding to see these women flourish and, and make lives for themselves that are amazing. I know it's that's the one thing that I love about my coaching too is to watch women like really figure out who they're like I feel like you know we they come to me and I'm sure you feel the same way they come to you and it's like they know it's in there we just got to help them fish it out we just got to help them find it peel that onion and get to it because it's in there it's in all of you that are listening mm-hmm. you just need a little like push a little nudge to be like okay try this and I love that you said like around the corner you never know what's around the corner and um, I, one of the things I love to do is help my clients manifest. They say, well, I want a relationship. I'm like, okay, it's great. You want a relationship, but what do you want from the relationship? Like really who, who is he? What does he look like? What does he do? Is he even married before? Does he have children? Like, what are his ethics? Like really? And they're like going, that's a lot of stuff. You want me to figure it out? I'm like, well, who are you? Because this is what we're working on with you. So you got to show up. Like you said, you got to show up as yourself. So if you're showing up as yourself, who do you want to show up as their selves? You know, and, and and it's so funny to watch them go through the process. And then what's really cool is a like I I had a client one time I was helping her with a weight loss because I also help with weight loss journeys. And so I made her do this exercise. Like when she first came into me, we don't do the scale first. I'm like, I get to know you. You you know, they filled out some information I need to know, and I get to know them, and I'm talking to her, and and then I'm like, okay, so you lose all this weight, what's happening in your life? Like, you know, it's you're, you're going this journey because you can do any program you want to. You're going to lose the weight if you're focused. But truly, like, what's happening? What, you know, what is your life like? When you get up in the morning, what's something you're doing that day? And they're like going, you don't want to know how many pounds I want to lose? I'm like, no, it's going to come. I'm not about the number on the scale here. I'm going to put you on the scale because I know mentally our, our brain says, I need to know how many pounds I've lost. But I'm not going to do that first when you come in here. So give it up now, right? And so I remember I was having mm-hmm. her do this goal thing and I had her do some art therapy. And I was like, I just want you to draw me a picture of what your life looks like. She's like, I got to draw. She's like, here she is for weight loss and I'm having her do art, right? <laughs> so she's like, so she finally, she she does her journey. I have her, she, she creates, you know, the list of the qualities and everything she wants to see in a man. She'd been divorced almost 10 years and she was ready to meet somebody. And so we we did that together and she finished and, you know, I graduated her. And so we kept in contact. So one time I was in the grocery store and I ran into her and I'm like, oh my gosh, you, you know, she was doing great in her maintenance. She was still doing everything we talked about. And she's like, I need you to meet somebody. And literally she introduced me to her significant other. And he was Everything she had written down looks wise. It was so crazy powerful. And then she was like, and he's this and he's that. And I'm like, and I'm like, everything you wrote down, right? She's like, yes, I'm, yes, you know, and it was so cool. And he was like, what's that about? And she's like, I'll tell you later. But I just love helping women manifest and, and really like putting that cape on for themselves first and really like figuring out who am I and what do I want a relationship? Who do I want to show up in my life for me? And I love that you share that. And then also showing up as yourself, like 
you have to be yourself. And and I like what you said earlier too, is if I wake up one day and I'm not loving, you know, that I forget exactly how you put it, but if I wake up and go, I don't like being with you anymore, or I'm, you know, it's like this monot- What was the phrase you called, Allison? Um, resentment to accommodation, accommodation to resentment. Yes. Yes. It? Yeah. So mm-hmm. if I'm at that point, it's like, okay, it's time, you know? And, and so I just loved it. You shared that. So, um, this has been fun. So one of the things that, you know, I know women, you and I've talked about this earlier before, I think before we got on too, is that, you know, oftentimes we struggle with our self-care. We've been talking about this. We struggle with ourself. We struggle with figuring out who we are and what we want in our life and our goals. So I, in this part of the show, I love to ask my guest, Allison, tell me what, and I know, I mean, you kind of gave us a little insight with this beautiful farm you're on, these horses, but I want to know a couple of things regarding self-care just for you personally, Allison. So I would love to know what is a day like in, if you got up tomorrow morning and you had the whole day to yourself and all you were allowed to do was something for yourself. What does that day look like for you? Well, when I get up in the morning, you know, I first coffee, got to have coffee. Um, and once I get done with my coffee doctor, the way I like it, um, you know, I go outside and I feed horses. And that gives me that chance to just spend some time, you know, petting noses, checking on them, seeing how they're doing, just being around them. Um then on a on a day where I had no work and nowhere to be and no obligations, I would probably, you know, do normal things for me, clean stalls, you know, take care of horses, but ride, of course, get on some get on one or two horses and ride, maybe go for a trail ride with a friend. Um, you know, I also love reading. So if I had time, I would love to sit and just read something that kind of fills my soul, um, you know, whether it's educational or just heartfelt, you know, getting to know yourself stuff. I love all that. Um, and then maybe cook something wonderful for dinner for the family. And I, I like to cook and create. And, you know, my day always ends, um, doesn't end, but I wind down in the evening. One of the things, you know, that we do is we rush through life. Everything is a rush. You know, it's and one of the things I do for myself when we built this house, I built the best room in the house is our bathroom. And I have a beautiful soaking tub with an antique glass window that hangs over it. And I fill the tub with some something, smells good, rose-scented, lavender-scented water, light some candles, and I take a bath. And I just relax. And I let the day go away. And then I, you know, when I'm done, I'm ready for whatever the evening holds. And I'm, you know, relaxed and happy and, you know, had a great day. So that's kind of my self-care routine on a normal basis and a little bit more on a not normal basis. I love all of that. I love that. I love. So for those that are not watching on, on our YouTube channel, Allison was like talking, we talk about the horse, like rubbing the noses, like her face just lights up. And I love asking that question because I love to see my guests light up when they talk about that self-care piece. Cause that's, that's what I'm about. I'm about finding time for your self-care, making time for self because when we don't put our cape on first, we're not able to enjoy rubbing noses with horses and just taking some time for ourselves. And even if you're a busy CEO mom or CEO working mom, and you're like, yeah, but I get home and I maybe have kids or more work to do, whatever that is, there's always a way to carve 10, 15 minutes out of your day 
even if it's just sitting quietly on the front porch, sitting outside, going and taking a quick shower. Like maybe you don't have time for a bath, but maybe take a, a nice hot shower and just stand there for 10 minutes and let that water just come down on top of you and just take some deep breaths. It's so powerful. Meditation is another way. You can easily do it for like 10 minutes and do a quick meditation. And it's just so powerful when you can do that for yourself. And so, Allison, thanks for walking us through that vision of, of a beautiful day of self-care. I love that. So now we want to know, Allison, we are working. We have this uh, community of women. It's called the Shiro League. And we meet every Sunday evening from 8 to 9 p.m. on Eastern Time. It's on Zoom. You can wear your PJs, makeup, no makeup. It's no requirements other than you have to have clothes on, of course. But it's all women. And we're here. It's a community of women supporting one another through life's triumphs, through life's challenges, through things like, you know, I lost my son last July in a tragic car accident. They were there to support me. So all these things that we go through. And right now, one of the things that we're working on, Allison, is what brings us joy. And their assignment was to give me 10 things that bring them joy. And not just like, oh, going outside, looking at the horses bring me joy. Like, why do the horses, and like you shared exactly why they bring you joy, the, the touching, the feeling, the riding, and that whole connection with them, right? You could just see yourself light up. And that's what we want, we're working on. So Allison, I'm going to ask you, what are the top three things in your life that bring you joy? And why do they really bring you joy? Um, my horses because of the connection and you know, that I don't want to, I'm not a horse trainer. Don't go there with you, with me on that, but I love breeding and raising my own colts and then teaching them to be halter, teaching them to lead, teaching them to be saddled, teaching them to do everything you do when you're riding. And it's, it's such a beautiful process because with horses, they learn on the release. So it's about making yourself learn to be that precise with the way you move that you release at the right time, the minute they give you what they want. Um, so it's just a beautiful partnership between you and that horse when they're trained, right. When you ride them, it's effortless. You think it, you know, the movement, they know the movement and it goes. So that's my joy there. Um, the other thing that me brings me joy, um, I am a person that loves to create. So I paint and I quilt and I decorate. And um, one of the things my husband and I, our house is full of antiques. It's full of unique things. And a lot of it is stuff that we've made. He's made all the beds in the house, um, all the mirrors out of old antique doors and windows and all kinds of cool stuff. And then I paint and I sew and I make the drapes and, we we made our house ours. Um, and so in that, I find a lot of joy because not just in the process of creating, but in living it, the environment that we created. Um, and then third would be friendships. Just having those friends that you can sit down with, let your hair down, be yourself, play a game, play cards, you know, visit. Just just have those moments where the rest of the world can stop. The phone rings. You don't care. You're with people that matter. And having those kind of people in our lives that we both enjoy and that we can just enjoy that time and let it all go. I love all of that. I love that the horses with the connection and, and that 
that leading and watching something grow into something so beautiful. That's just, it's just so heartwarming. And then the creation, like, I love that you said the things in your home, you create it, you've made your home, your home. And, and, you know, there's a lot to be said for self-care when we can create things and make things for, of, of our own. There's so much accomplishment in that and so much joy. I remember years ago, I used to take, you know, when your ornaments break, instead of throwing them away, they might have these little tiny pieces on it, maybe little tiny people or whatever. I was like, don't throw those away. I can create something with them. And I used to make a wreath every year with all these little broken things of ornaments. I'm like, see, they weren't trash or they're treasure, you know? And so I would do that. I just love how you share that. And then I love when you talk about your friends. So my friend, Lisa Pulliam, who will be, she'll be on the show soon as well. She calls them her balcony people. I love when you have those balcony people, that those are those friends that are going to lift you up, be there when you have things happen in your life, and also share the joys with you. And I just love that, that you share that along with us. That is so powerful. So now, Allison, the next thing they had to work on was that we have all these things that bring us joy, right? But if we, you know, in our lives every day, we create that to-do list, go grocery shop and do the laundry, all these things, Right. But have you ever stopped and created the not to do list? The things that are on my that are on that list are things that stop you from going and enjoying the things that bring you joy. So thinking about a not to do list, if I asked you to tell me the top three things on your list that you make sure that you do not do so that you can enjoy your day, your your list of things that are on your joy, what would some of those top three things be for you? Number one, don't beat myself up. You know, we all have that loop that plays in our brain. And the problem is, is the voice we hear the most in our lives. And it's pieces from different people, ex-husbands, teachers, parents, the person you met on the street corner that yelled something rude to you or whatever. And they, and they get it fixed in your brain. And it's a process. But by paying attention to it, when you start catching your own brain being negative, stopping it, rewiring it thinking about what I should have been thinking and then going on, not making a big deal about it. Okay, fine, whatever. And that to me is the one thing if, you know, to stop anything to find your joy is to stop this, stop that loop that goes on in our heads and be more conscious with what's going on inside our own heads. So that's one. Um, Stop doing um, overscheduling. My husband calls them add-ons. I'm going to the grocery store and, oh, by the way, I'm going to do this, 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 and this on the way. Can I just go to the grocery store? Yes, I can. Yes. So stop overscheduling. And the third, um, I don't know. I, I think it's it's the distractions. It's the distractions that you know we we have whether it's the silly little game on the computer or i'm going to clean out my inbox or or whatever those distractions are that we use to keep from doing the things that we really should be doing and you know someone asked one time you know why can't you what is that one thing you can't make yourself do and they said instead of saying can't change that to won't why won't you And then when you boil it down and boil it down and boil it down, sometimes it comes out because I don't think I deserve that joy. And so it's it's a matter of when I can't do something and I'm falling back on the distractions, ask myself, why won't I? 
And what is that thing inside of me that thinks I don't deserve to be successful or to be happy or to, you know, whatever it is I'm trying to accomplish. And that helps me out a lot. I love, those are really powerful ones. Like, especially distractions. We get so pulled off, you know, you end up on social media or something and you're like 20, you know, 20 minutes, three hours later, you're still there. Right. I just, that was a very powerful one. And then also like when you talk about going to the grocery store, like don't add, don't do the add-ons. Like I just, I, I've been there, done that. It's like, just go, just go do this one errand. Stop doing all these other things, you know, because they all tie back to what you said is it ties back to not getting to do your joy. Because when you do all those things, you can't go enjoy the horses like you want to. You can't go enjoy the bubble bath like you want to. All those things, they all get tied together. And I love that you share that. That's really awesome that you share that. So now it's December 31st, 2023. And Alice has worked on her joy list. She's made sure she stays uh, uh, working that not-to-do list. What's Allison's year been like? Mm, it's been fantastic. Um, you know, it's it's a roller coaster, which it always is. I don't care what year it is. It, there's always the roller coaster. Um, but the reality is, you know, I, I live, I have lived and, and do live a very blessed life. And for me, it's about giving back. And so, you know, my purpose is, is to help women find themselves. And, you know, with every woman I help, I help make the world a better place. Because then she goes out, lives a better life, and through her experiences, helps other women. So for me, I think 2023, even with all the upheaval we're all going through and the what's going on questions that we keep asking. I know that it's still going to end up being a year in which I was blessed because that's our right. It's our right to be blessed. It's our right to live good lives and it's our right to be happy. And I intend to fully live that this year. That is beautiful. We do. We have a right to be blessed. We have a right to walk up the mountain, enjoy the walk up the mountain, get to the top of the mountain and enjoy what we see and what we've accomplished and also enjoy what's about to come as we come down the mountain. Because coming down the mountain doesn't mean it's all bad. Coming down the mountain means, oh, I'm getting ready for my next climb, right? It's like I'm, I've come up to top. I've enjoyed my accomplishments so far. And I'm going to walk down enjoy what's happened and look to what's about to come because I deserve it. And I love that you share that too, Allison. Thank you so much for sharing that. All right. So Allison, tell everybody how they can find you. Where's the best place to find you? Um, I'm on LinkedIn um, quite a bit and I am on Facebook and as well as I have my website, which is www.isurvived.com. S-U-R-V-I-V-E-D dot com. Um, and there's a contact me place there as well. I know you have a free giveaway for everybody. So do you want to share that? Um, well, I want to let everybody know that I do have an online group for women. It's on Facebook. It's um, Surviving Divorce. I wonder what is it called? Uh, one thing I can't remember. It's the Surviving Divorce Online Community for Women. And in that group, we do, um, you know, I do a lot of posts, but we also have a weekly Wednesday night women and wine call. So it's just for everybody to be able to get on the call, 
talk to each other, help each other, support each other. And then, you know, I'll do a little coaching if it needs to be in there. But it's fun to watch these women learn to support each other and lift each other up as they go through the process. So I would invite anybody here to, to join the group if they feel like it's something they need. Um, we have that online group. That is fantastic. I love that. Everybody needs some support and I have that available. That's awesome. And we're going to share all the links for Allison as well. When we post the podcast, it'll be there so they can find Allison. So Allison knows that we do these cards. So we're getting ready to do our cards right now. You want, Allison, go ahead. Catherine, I, I totally messed up on that one. We do have the online group when you, I lost my train of thought, but um, for anyone that is interested, if you're just not sure what to do, I will do I do free consultations for anybody. So it's just DM me. Let me know you need to talk. We'll schedule some time and let's just talk. Awesome. A lot of women contemplating all of this. It just takes a, a quick, hey, let's get you headed in the right direction. And they're fine. Awesome. I so love that. Talk to anyone that needs. Them. Fantastic. Awesome. OK, so now we're going to get to our better questions, better life cards. You can go to betterquestionsbetterlife.com. I get no nothing. I get no monetary nothing. I just love these cards. I journal on these cards. Sometimes I pray on these cards. Sometimes I just put them in my, on my desk because I need something good to look at. So Allison already knows we're going to shuffle them. She's going to tell me when to stop and we're going to ask her to answer the card. So here we go. Allison, tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. So oh, this is a long one <laughs> is what I am doing for the greatest good of all concerned. So it says is what I am doing for the greatest good of all concerned. Yes. The answer is yes. Um, for me, that's that's part of when I say love and fear, I try to live my life from a place of love. Not saying I don't. I always do 99 percent of the time, but. A big percent of the time, I try to, to live my life from a place of love. And I look at things from a perspective, and I'll share my grandmother shared with me when I was dealing with my second divorce. She says, I can't tell you what I what you should do, but what I can tell you is how to figure it out. Imagine yourself on your front porch, sitting in your rocking chair, 90 years old, having lived an amazing and beautiful life. As you sit there, look back on this moment and ask yourself two questions. Will I even remember this problem? And if I will, what will I wish I had done? And that was how my grandmother made those tough decisions and, and passed it on to me. And it has been just a godsend. And I love sharing that with women because it is so difficult for us to make decisions. And so for me, I try to live my place, my life from that place of love and look at all the things that I do as is this for the greater good of all? Because we are all connected and we're all here for a reason. And one of the favorite things I love to tell my clients is I know you're somebody because God don't make no junk. We're all special. We're all perfect just the way we are. And if we can all be a part of building those stronger communities and relationships with others, the world will be a better place. And I feel like by helping women one at one, one at a time, exponentially it will make a difference 
Yeah, that's so I love that too, that, you know, you're somebody something because God didn't make no junk. That's something that I, I just love that. And I, I spin it that, you know, we come into this world and we have these talents that God has put into us. We have these talents and beauty within us. And when we don't allow ourselves to tap into it, to figure out what it is, you're cheating not only yourself, but you cheat everybody else. Because like if Allison and I didn't share this knowledge and this expertise and our experiences in our in our lives, we wouldn't be able to be here today and share it with you and empower you to be like, I'm ready to put myself first. I'm ready to do something for me. And I'm going to start shopping my life today. I'm going to call Allison. I'm going to get in touch with Pearl and figure out how do I do this? Where do I need to start? Where do I need to release the trauma that I've had in my life? Where do I need to tap into who I am and figure out who I am so I can start showing up as that Shiro that I am in my life, as strong, as happy, as empowered, as radiant, as original as I was made to be? Because it's so important that we recognize that we're not promised tomorrow. And I can tell you that from experience, losing my son at 25 years old, talk to him like 10 minutes before he passed and bam, he was gone in a car accident. I can tell you that I'm so blessed that I lived that example for him. I'm so blessed that I shared with him the struggles I have with finding myself. And that I told all, him all the time, him, his brother, and my husband, that I love them. Because when we don't love ourselves, we can't love and take care of all those around us that are there that want us to succeed. They want us to be our own individual self. In our head, we're telling us, Oh, they're going to think I'm selfish. Oh, they're going to think I'm, you know, I'm, I don't love them. They're going to, they're going to tell, you're going to, all this negative stuff that you're telling yourself, they don't believe it. They believe you're special. They believe you're somebody and they believe you should do something for yourself. So I love that you shared that. I love that, you know, because God does, when we don't get the talents out that he's giving us, I can't learn from you either. So Allison, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. And for being part of this, this, I can't believe our hours are already gone by so quickly, but I just want to remind everybody, all of our listeners that we will definitely share how to reach out to Allison, all of her links and everything. But I also want to remind you that, you know, we talk about the Shira League and it truly is a community that I believe every woman should be a part of because you can need sometimes in life, we need to be uplifted, but sometimes in life we need to uplift others. And that's truly what the Shiro League is about. It's about helping you find your strength, helping you find your happiness, helping you feel empowered and helping you see you're radiant and helping you see that you are an original person that deserves everything she's waiting to achieve. So if you want to join us, all you have to do is email me hello at wsliving.com. Again, hello at wsliving.com and just type in the, in the, introductions shiro and we will email you the link to join us sunday evening from 8 to 9 p.m eastern time because remember i know you've come into this world as a little rough shell on the outside you're this oyster that needs to be open and be rubbed a little bit and given some good loving because inside you are this beautiful pearl and i know each and every one of you have an inner pearl of beauty and greatness that is ready to come out so i hope you go and find your inner pearl of greatness and thanks for joining us today When was the last time you challenged yourself to step away? Why do we need to step away? Well, for me, it is because I am the sharer of my own life. And by the way, Pearl Chiarenza, the founder and CEO 
of the Shiro League is hosting a retreat. This is a great opportunity to step into your power, passion, and purpose, and getting yourself the space to pause, reflect, and create the roadmap to your goals. All of us Shiro's need to be in community, and the PJ Retreat from WS Living Retreats is the perfect way. Find your self-worth. Stop listening to that saboteur and make sure that you increase your self-worth while being in community and having a great time. Are you ready to pack your bags and come to the beach? Then let's go to wslivingretreats.com and find your inner Shiro.